Welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. Our guest today is Karen Gibbons-Brown, Artistic Director of Fort Wayne Ballet. On today's show, we'll be discussing the Willies, a midnight visit to a graveyard in the woods, and revenge. We'll also discuss why Giselle is the perfect option for the season, and someone who wants a Halloween fix, but also a great ballet choice for those who just want a traditional ballet experience. Welcome, Karen. Thanks for having me today. So let's talk about Giselle. So the name, it's unassuming and doesn't foreshadow any of the events in the ballet. For those who don't know the ballet, just quickly lay out the story for us. Well, the story is actually based on a poem by Theophile Godier. And the poem is about these women who come in these long white wedding dresses and spook men. They come into the forest or the graveyard, the men do, and they are required to dance to their death. And the women are requesting revenge because they have been left at the altar, which is why they're buried in their wedding dress. I know you're looking at me like I'm making up a weird story, but there you are. So it's an interesting story. It does have that sort of kind of edgy, kind of creepy factor, but Mm -hmm. a lot of that is uh, prevalent in the Victorian period anyway. Absolutely. This was right in that time period. We call it the Romantic Era of Ballet, which was about 1830 to 1870 or 1880. So interestingly enough, Giselle historically was the first ballet from the Romantic Era that ushered that time period for us in And it is still done in major ballet companies all over the world today. It's one of the few ballets from that time period that has actually had that kind of longevity. Why Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think there are a couple of reasons. It was first premiered in 1841. And I think it's a creepy enough story to, for someone who may or may not be interested in ballet, it's beautiful. And the dancers have to be well versed and well schooled. But it's also just on the edge enough. You know, in in women's lib studies, you would learn this as one of the first references to women's lib in our world. So why would it be referenced as a women's lib ballet? Well, I think in that time period, men were pretty much in charge of everything and, and ruled the world publicly, maybe not privately in their own homes. But women do take control in this ballet. And when you see Giselle in the first act, she is a poor little peasant girl and has fallen in love with this gentleman named Lois. But she thinks of him as a peasant because he has come as a peasant to her village and is found out as truly royalty. And then Giselle has, it's a very famous scene called the mad scene. And she goes crazy and dies and becomes a willy because she too was jilted. The willy part. So mm. everyone's heard the term, you give me the willies or I right. have the willies. That gives me the willies. So where, where does that really come from? From this ballet, actually. The willies were a part of that poem that I mentioned earlier. And these were these supernatural creatures. Very typical of that time period, the first act of a ballet would be with people. And the second act would be something supernatural, some sort of creature or thing, being that came and was generally there to pose a threat or present a lot of evil. And those ballets generally did not end well. They always have a rather tragic ending. So when you talk about that supernatural element for this period, what are some other ballets that people either know or don't know that might be sort of that same type of feeling? The next one that comes to mind as we're talking is the ballet La Sylphide, which is about sylphs. Sylphs are a third mosquito, a third fairy, and a third other insect. So when they're touched by human hands, their wings fall off and they go blind and die. And that ends very tragically, too. It's a man in a midlife crisis. 
that's just another example of a ballet from the Romantic era, that they don't live happily ever after. And so this definition of what comprises a self, do you get this in Ballet 101, or is this coming from the Grim Fairy Tale? Where does the, the composition <laughs> of a self, for example, where does this come from? Legends. Oh, okay. Legends of the European countries. So there's other sort of, like you said, uh, Victorian and different elements that sort of will harken back to that sort of Victorian period, but also is great for thinking about for the season, wanting to do something that's more Halloween or fall-like. That's for the ballet side. But what about the parts, you mentioned the tutus and the various other things that are probably representative of the period as well. What, what else are the people going to see? As it's a romantic ballet, they're wearing generally romantic tutus, which are the ones that come down to the ankles, at least below the knee, but these come down to the ankles. That was just the time period when women were just starting to show their ankles publicly. So it's how they're costumed. And the white tutus are representative of the Romantic era, specifically because you'll have a ballet from that time period called a white ballet. And what that means is one act has these supernatural creatures. The characters are all in white tutus or long white tutus. So what other ballets have this white act? La Sylphide. You can even go to Swan Lake, which has the act two and four are considered the white ballet acts. So there are several throughout our time period. In this particular time period of dance, it has those long white tutus. So you talked a little bit about things that were sort of indicative of that period from the tutu and what's culturally appropriate, mm -hmm. but technique and various things have changed as has maybe what's necessary for the role. So what are the skills necessary for a dancer in whatever character they're playing? What is specifically necessary for them? Backing up a bit, this is just the time period when point shoes were first developed, okay. or toe shoes. So prior to that, women did not rise on point. So that also added to that ethereal sort of fairy-like creature of a dancer. So as that technique, point technique, was developing and evolving, that wide-act ballet helped progress the story forward as opposed to just being a trick that dancers did. And I think when you ask about what's required, I think a part of the longevity of this particular ballet isn't just the story or isn't just that it's a beautiful thing to watch. The technique has evolved, but it's a benchmark ballet for dancers. There are a few of those. Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty, Giselle is another one. And it's one of those ballets that requires not just amazing technique, in the first act, Giselle has to be a human, and in act two, she has to become very fairy-like. So even the way they move their arms is very different from one act to the other to create that illusion of floating. So the dancer that does Giselle has to do a lot of research outside of the studio, and the guy who does Albrecht, the gentleman, gets to have a little interpretation. Is he really a cad, or is he truly in love with Giselle? So the story will take on a little bit of a different tenor, depending on who plays the parts and how they interact and choose to evolve their characters, which is what, what's amazing. You go through history of this particular ballet and every single Giselle that we know as an amazing Giselle throughout the centuries of dance, they all play it just a little bit differently. So it's never old. It's always fresh. And if I remember correctly, there's some story when Giselle was created, the gentleman who was involved <laughs> in creating it, and the story that's a little Victorian in its own right. What's that story? Well, Theophile Godier actually saw Carlotta Grisi, who was the first woman to portray Giselle, wrote this poem thinking she was an inspiration to do this particular ballet. And the ballet was originally called The Willies. It wasn't called Giselle. He decided that she should present Giselle, so he went to her choreographer, who happened to be her husband, 
and they collaborated and created this particular role for her. And the story is that Theophile Godier, the poet, was so in love with Giselle or Carlotta Grisi that he died with her name on his lips. Cool. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> well, because the, the ballet has this sort of tenor or aura around it, are there any other sort of uh, stories? For example, when you do Macbeth in theater, there's all these stories about the curse and the various things that happen when you do this performance. But I'm just curious if when you do Giselle, there's anything that's just a little bit darker or a little bit different. Well, I do think in the Romantic era, as I said, they generally don't end well, these stories. This one actually has a rather bittersweet ending. She has already died, so you've already seen that happen, but it's very tasteful, so anybody worried about their children, it's a beautiful ballet, so you read into it what you choose to read into it. In the end, she saves his life. He was supposed to be killed by the Willies. He's a man, so he's going to be killed if he comes to bid her farewell at the gravesite. And she dances with him until dawn because the Willies appear from midnight to dawn, which, by the way, in the poem is 4 a.m. And he thanks her, and she goes back into her grave, never to rise again. You see, the Willies come at midnight and haunt the forest. So when the Willies come out... In Midnight, with the exception of this Albrecht character, is he the only one that ever escapes from the Willies? So far. Okay. In our history, yes. They have a queen of the Willies, of course, as all good ballets do. And she is the one that tells the Willies what to do and when to do it. So they all rise up out of the grave at midnight and do her bidding. And her bidding is to kill the men. The first one you see in the ballet that comes into the forest is a character named Hilarion, who is madly in love with Giselle. He too is a peasant and has taken care of Giselle and her mother through the years and vows his love for her constantly, but she rejects him for this man who ends up breaking her heart. So he does die. So she throws him to the willies, even though he's devoted to her and the cat is the one that she actually saves? Well, maybe we should start this again <laughs> and back up. But there, when you have a new spirit come into the forest, there is initiation. And Hilarion comes to the gravesite before Giselle has been summoned by the queen of the willies. So he doesn't have a chance. Would she have thrown him in the lake with the willies to drown? Who knows? So... Just sort of to wrap up the conversation around the Victorian ballets and, and Giselle, and we talked a little bit about La Salfide, which is not to be confused with La Salfide. Correct. And so- Two La, different centuries. Right. And La Salfide with the sylph and the witch and the various things is very, very different. But what other maybe unknown Victorian or early 20th century types of ballets that would kind of harken back and look at this sort of storytelling- Maybe would it be nice for the Fort Wayne Ballet to consider in the next few years or for others who are going to see Giselle and say, I really did engage with that. What else is out there for me? There are very few ballets from this particular period that have lived on or have not been reworked to have the original ending. Uh, for instance, Colpelia, the story was written by the same person who wrote The Nutcracker. The ballet was supposed to end with Act Two when he loses his life's dreams. And at this point, that's actually the last ballet of the Romantic era. So people had decided they were ready for something where maybe they don't live happily ever after, but it had a more positive ending. So Act 3 was actually added on to Coppelia, so it didn't have the doom and gloom ending. Huh. Okay. But at the end of Giselle, again, it's very bittersweet. They have a final moment together in human, non-human form. And then he does live, and she is in the grave. She can no longer be a willy. 
And this is actually, this is a two-act ballet, unlike some of the ballets where the stories are told in act one, act two, and then the third is technically a wedding or something, and all they do is dance. We and they lived happily that. ever after. Right, and we don't do that this time. So no. it's a it's a two-act ballet. Things are wrapped up in the story, but also the way that it's laid out is basically telling the story, correct? Yes, correct. I think a few other things to watch for if you are interested for an audience member, the way dancers move their arms and stand specifically in act two the posture is just a little bit different. So it requires, we don't train that way as a dancer in this day and time, we train in a more vertical position. So it's sometimes difficult for the dancers to grasp the style of a romantic era ballet. It's really fun to do though. I think it's a super fun ballet to do. I've enjoyed staging it. I've enjoyed watching the dancers grow and develop in a very different way, but it's a skill that you need and you never know when you might be called to do a willy. Well, there you are. <laughs> and on that note, we will wrap up and hope everyone does uh, take the opportunity to come see Fort Wayne Ballet's Giselle. Karen, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much. I'll see you at uh, the Willie's gravesite. Giselle's performances are October 22nd and 23rd at 7 p.m. at the Arts United Center. You can purchase tickets by visiting the Fort Wayne Ballet website, artsticks.org, or calling the box office at 422-4226. Kinetic Conversations is brought to you by Fort Wayne Ballet and Wayne Shout Productions. Our guest was Fort Wayne Ballet Artistic Director Karen Gibbons-Brown. Our producers are John Dawkins and Jim Sparrow. We'd also like to thank John for his original music, which starts and ends the show. If you'd like to receive notifications on future podcasts, please like the podcast and go to fortwayneballet.org to sign up for notifications on performances, podcasts, and more ballet news. You'll also find a library of past episodes on our website in the menu options. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thanks for listening to Kinetic Conversations with Fort Wayne Ballet. has been a Wayne Shout production. Wayne Shout.